Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Hey, thank you. What a great start, hey, we've had to this year. As a church, we've had an amazing start. For those of you who don't know, and I met some new people today, though you won't know, we started the year off with three weeks of prayer and fasting. Now, I don't know about you, I don't like fasting. It's really hard work, isn't it? It was really tough to fast for three weeks. But, you know, by the time I really got into it and I thought, I'm actually enjoying it in a strange sort of way because I did feel closer to God when I was fasting. I did feel that I was giving more attention to God, that I was giving him more time. And I felt like I wanted to, I wanted to do that more and more. And the things of the world didn't seem to be as interesting anymore. Netflix wasn't quite so, so interesting or so uh, drawing my attention. It's funny, isn't it? When you do the things that God encourages you to do, it actually does changes on the inside. Not only have we had the three weeks of prayer and fasting, we had last week our Vision Sunday. How many enjoyed our Vision Sunday last week? Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that we're excited for that God's going to do in 2022. And I'm sure there's even more than we've even expressed. He's got things, he's got secrets up his sleeve that he's ready to reveal for us as what we're going to be getting up to. So we're loving this start of the year. And now we get to talk about the red letter living. You see, we talked about prayer and fasting. We talked in the context of revival. And we were prayed for revival. We've asked for revival. We've talked about what revival would mean. We talked about the aspect of God bringing revival. We talked about the aspects, how it affects society. We've talked so many different things about revival. It's our word for the year. But I truly believe that this series is about reviving ourselves. And when my revival starts, it begins in me. And there's things that we can do to help a revival to be kick-started. So you up for it? You're up for a Red Letter Living series, Taking Jesus at His Word. That's what we're going to be starting today. Well, during this season, I've been thinking more about what, how would we describe Jesus? What do you think about when you think of Jesus? I hope you think of words like, he's full of grace, he's full of love, he's full of kindness, he brings unity, he's strong. But what about Jesus' followers? How would you describe them? Some of them may be good, some of them may be so good not looking at anyone in particular right now. How would we describe Christians? But maybe more importantly, how do society describe Christians? They often describe us as judgmental, hypocritical, old-fashioned, insensitive, boring, maybe homophobic. We often don't have good labels placed on Christians. You know, the crazy thing is, it's often Christians who are the ones who are making the biggest impact in society. They're actually going into aid and bringing aid and relief, 
making an impact into their communities. There was a survey that was done in 2016 here in Cambridge, and it was discovered that of all the social action that was happening for mainly Christian groups here in this city, it was a, a worth to the city about eight million pounds in time and finances that would give. We are people who represent Jesus here on the earth, and we do an awful lot of good stuff here on the earth, and yet society doesn't always feel that we're doing something positive or they have a positive outlook on what Christians are like. But we are his representatives on, this, on the earth and we have to give a right expression of who Jesus is. You see, if we had a right expression who Jesus is, they wouldn't help but want to know who our Jesus is. They wouldn't want to help but know about the unity that he brings, not disunity. The grace that he brings, not judgment. If we could, wouldn't they want to fall in love with our Savior? If we really showed a really great expression of who Jesus is, then society around would be drawn to who our Jesus is through who, what we're showing him. Who wouldn't want to fall in love with him? You see, it's time to change the story. It's time to change the story and the picture that we give to people. Not only is it time, not only would it be good to, but we have to. We have to change the story. We have to change the outlook and the picture that we give of Jesus to society around us. But how do we do that? What do we actually aim for? How do we become those people that will be drawing people to Jesus, not repulsing them? What do we aim for? There was one guy, you might remember this, a while ago in the Olympics. He hurt, found this out the, wrong, uh, the real wrong way and the hard way. It's because it's really important what you aim for. I don't know if you remember a guy called Matthew Emmons. He really found out the hard way. It was in the 2004 Olympics, and he was a rifle shooter. And it's a really controlled sport, apparently. I've never shot a rifle, I wouldn't know. But apparently, you slow down your heartbeat, and when you take aim, and when you fire, it's between the heartbeats that you're supposed to shoot. And he was well ahead in the games. He was about to get a gold medal. It was just like a done deal. His score was 7.2. He needed 9.3 in order to get his gold medal. So he, got, he was taking his final shot. He took aim. He controlled his breathing, controlled his heartbeat took aim, fired, bullseye. The only problem is he shot it in the wrong target. Have a look at the expression of his face when he realized that actually he'd shot it, he cross-fired and gone into the wrong target. It's really important to know what you're aiming for. He got the bullseye, but he missed totally the target. In our Red Letter Living series, we're going to be looking at what are the targets in order for us to get the right bullseye so that we can change who we are and we can affect the expression and the story that we're putting out there and the picture out there into society at large. Who are Jesus is? I love that photo. He's just like, can you see his mouth? He's just like, what happened? He said, his reporter said, I felt great. I'd calmed my nerves, but forgot to notice which target was mine. Poor guy. So the targets to look for, the targets to aim for, we've highlighted five different targets. Being, forgiving, 
serving, giving, and going. Being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And those are the five targets that we're going to be looking at during this season. We're going to be looking, as we've said, at the Red Letter series. The Red Letter edition of the Bible has everything of Jesus' words in red. So everything that's highlighted in red are actually spoken words of Jesus. Spoken words, they're really important, hey? Not only this year have we had, we've had the prayer and fasting, we've celebrated what our vision is, We've had a special birthday in the family this year. Many of you will know that it was Steve's 60th birthday uh, in January. I know, we had a real celebration. And I was musing on the thought of words. And on that evening, we had a special party and we had an evening for him. There were many words that were spoken. Words of encouragement that were spoken. Words of life. I did a, this is your life and Steve's life and our life together. Words that were spoken. Words were not only spoken, but words were written down to give to him as an encouragement. Words are really important, hey? Words can make us feel valued. Words can encourage us. Words can shape us. Words can change us. The words, the spoken words, the written words, the encouraging words, words can actually change the way you think about yourself. I've got a little photo here to show you what happened at the birthday party. There he is. It did actually happen. 60 whole years. That's a lot of candles, isn't it, for 60 years? That's a lot of candles. <laughs> but words. But it says in the scripture, Jesus is the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and walked amongst us. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And it says in the, uh, the message, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He came down to our neighborhood. He came face to face with people in the world. The, Jesus is the Word. The Word was at the beginning with God and is God. So what Jesus spoke, spoke with authority, spoke with power, spoke supernatural words. So these words that are written in red are the actual words that Jesus spoke. They hold power. They're supernatural words. They're special words. We need to revere these words because Jesus was shaping the world through his word. Powerful, powerful, powerful word. So today we're going to look at our first one, being. And there's so many scriptures that I could have chosen, but I've chosen in John 14. And I've taken this version, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Just as an oak branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Dwell in me, abide in me. You know, I think sometimes I'm like a wriggling toddler. I'm like a toddler that, you know, I sit on the parent's knee and want to rest and want to snuggle and want to have cuddles, want to spend time, but then get restless 
and wriggle off the knee and go running off to play and get distracted by different things around. I'm like a wriggling toddler. If any of you got a toddler in the house, you know how wriggly they are. They don't like to sit still for very long. And sometimes I have to remind it that Jesus is saying, dwell in me, abide in me, sit on my lap, sit with me, stay with me, because you cannot bear fruit on your own. You have to stay in the vine in order to bear the fruit. If you want to have a fruitful life, then that's where you need to abide. That's what it needs to be your source of strength. That needs to be the place that you come back to over and over again, staying in the vine, staying in Jesus. You know, Jesus wants to invite us into relationship, not to religion. He wants a relationship with us. Many of you in the room have that relationship. But every one of us can deepen that relationship with Jesus. You know, in some ways, this is a very simple word today. Oh, but it's so profound. Because you need to abide and dwell in me. You may think that you're being fruitful. But what is the fruit that you're producing if you're not dwelling and abiding in Jesus? You see, Jesus says that we both need to be with him, stay with him, abide in him have company with him, be in his presence. We need to both be with Jesus and we also need to do what Jesus is asking us to do. Some of us are really good at being and hanging and some of us are really good at doing and making things happen and achieving, but Jesus wants us to both be and do, not to neglect one or the other. There's a little story of a parent who told his child to go and clean their bedroom. Go off and go and tidy your bedroom and clear your bedroom. Apparently, the child said, well, I've memorized what you said. Go and clean my bedroom. And the parent says, did you do it? And the child says, no, but I know what the Greek word is for clean. And the parent says, but you still need to clean up. And the child said, you know what? I had a connect group that came round. We all sat in the bedroom. We all talked about what it would be like to clean up the bedroom. In fact, one of the children said that once they cleaned their bedroom and their parents were so pleased with them. But the parents said, but did you clean your bedroom? No. I'm talking a lot about it. Don't neglect the doing in the being. You've got to do some doing as well in the being. You know, <laughs> you know, in this being, Jesus then outlines many different ways what he talks about how you can be. And I'm going to run through a few practical ways that we can be with Jesus. He says in John 8, abide in my word. If you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Abide in my word, a red letter word there. The second one, pray earnestly. It says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So what should you do? Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out harvest into his harvest field. Abide, pray, worship. In Luke 4 it says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Abide, pray, worship. And Matthew 11 says, rest in me. 
Come to you, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Abide, pray, worship, rest. Fasting, but when you fast, do put oil on your head and wash your face. For me, it's a moisturizer. I don't get a gallon of oil and pour it on my face. And what I think it's saying is look normal. Go about your normal way of life. Do some fasting, put yourself together and go out in the world and don't pretend you know you're something special because you're fasting. Go about your normal way of living. Abide, pray, worship, rest, fast. Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. Take a Sabbath, take a rest. Trust God that he will provide. You don't have to work seven days a week. He will provide. Abide, pray, worship, rest, fast, Sabbath. And finally, solitude. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Abide pray, worship, rest, fast, Sabbath, and solitude, all relate to being with Jesus. Now, it says, A.W. Tozer once said, if a man or woman, he didn't say a woman, but I'm going to add that in, if a man or person wants to be used by God, they cannot spend all of their time with people. They need to spend some time being with Jesus putting their time into relating with Jesus. Because see, our private battles will be won. It will determine our public victories. Our private battles will determine our public victories. You may feel like you're a novice in this area, or you may feel like I've done this for years and I know exactly what you're talking about. Every single one of you, every single one of us can improve in this area can spend more time with Jesus, can most time abiding, more time resting, more time praying, because we never feel like we've prayed enough. We never feel that we've quite got a grasp of the word enough. We never feel that we're resting enough and trusting enough. We never quite feel that we're having enough Sabbath because there's a journey to keep pressing in. If you do want some kind of way to help you, if you're beginning on the journey or really want a refreshing on that, we're going to recommend this book by Brian Heasley called Be Still. And we bought a few copies that we've got in the Next Step Lounge. If you want to pick one up today, they're about eight pounds. Or if not, you can get them online and they're really available. Just a really simple guide to pick up and to refresh again how you can be with Jesus and encourage yourself to be more like Jesus because this is a process of discipleship so that the world around us can see who our Jesus really is. You know, a couple of things here I'm drawing in now. Prayer in the church. I was asked recently, how do you do church, prayer in the church? How do you get it into the culture? What is it that you're doing at C3? So I was able to say, well, we just had 21 days of prayer and fasting, but we're going to continue those and we're going to be having a day a week on a Wednesday where we're going to be praying at 7.30 in the morning on Zoom and 7.30 at night. And we're encouraging the whole church to carry on fasting on a Wednesday. Why don't you join us? 
What about prayer before the service? Every time we have a Sunday service, we pray before the service. We gather all the teams. You might not know that, but we gather all the teams and we pray and we commit everything to God in prayer. We pray in every team meeting that we have. We pray in a staff team. We pray every time we have a lead team meeting. We ask all the departments, and I know they do, to pray every time they have a team meeting. We pray for one another as a staff team. We pray in connect groups. We pray in team meetings. We have a prayer room called the Tim Krumer Prayer Room that's available for people to go on and pray. We have WhatsApp groups. And when we hear that somebody's ill, it goes around a WhatsApp group and we ask people to pray. We have a staff WhatsApp group. And when we hear people need prayer, we ask people to pray. Sunday nights, once a month, we're going to be having a worship and prayer night starting at the end of February. We're going to be praying. You see, we want to build a culture of prayer. We want to build a culture of prayer in this house that is a house of prayer. We want a culture in our kids' church that is a culture of prayer, that our kids know how to pray. And actually, a sneak preview for Mother's Day, I've asked this year that the kids be in the service and they pray for us and pray for the parents and they're going to go out and they're going to pray for us. We want our kids to be able to pray. We want our youth to be able to pray. Our youth, a culture of prayer of youth. And it is just happening. It can happen more. It can increase. But we want prayer to be happening every single area of church life because our dependency is on Jesus. We want to dwell in him and abide in him and keep in the vine because that's where the fruit will be produced. You know, I was in the one event not so long ago and I was walking across the one event and that's a Bible camp for those who don't know. And uh, something happened which was, uh, happened really quickly, but it spoke to me. I looked in the ro- uh, up in the sky and there was a noise in the sky and it was a red arrow that went starting across the sky and it was so fast and it was like really a lot of noise. And as I w- looked up and saw the red arrow go across the sky, I then actually saw in the tree, there was a bird that was just, uh, you know, quite happily flitting around on the tree, and that caught my eye. And then the same time in the distance, there was this hot air balloon that was drifting up to the sky, and I was like, whoa, don't know where to look. There's red arrows, and there was birds, and there was hot air balloons. I was like, it's all happening around here. And I thought, what's all this about? And I just spent some time with God afterwards, and I thought, you know what? I felt him say to me, that's what my prayer life is like. Sometimes it's like a red arrow. It's like, SOS, help, I need you now. Then other times, it's like the bird that kind of flits. You start praying and it flits from branch to branch and you can't kind of keep focused and concentrated, but you're flitting about. Then other times, it's a bit like the hot air balloon and I just relax and I drift with God and just spend time with him and pray and it's just really relaxing. And I felt God say to me, you know what, this is what you're like in your prayer time with me. But you know what, it's fine. It's okay. There's times when you need the SOS and there's times when you'll flitter around and you'll lose concentration. But there's times when you can just drift and you can be with God and pray with God. And that's absolutely okay. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. I'm going to kind of close by looking at something called soap. And this is one way that you may have come across of how you can get more out of the word when you're spending time in God's word. 
say abide in his word. We do something called soap where we take a verse and we've got soap is we look at a scripture, take a scripture, write an observation, an application, and a prayer. So that verse for me, my observation on John 15 is there is a, I've just written this the other day. There is a symbiotic relationship where Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. The vine gives the life, food, health, and structure. The vine carries the weight. Application, the evidence of the health of the branch is the fruit. No remaining, no fruit. Fruit is not produced by human efforts or by relying on a gifting. Fruit is produced when the branches are connected and reliant on the life source. So my prayer is, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder that I am not on my own, that I do not have to strive in my own strength, but that I can rely on you. Whatever gifts you have given to me, may I always know that you are the source of life. Your word in my heart gives me strength. Your words speak life and are a guide to be a light up my way. Thank you. Help me to remain in you when the world distracts and tell me, tells me I am enough without you. I refute the lie and know your word is truth. And if I remain in you, you will remain in me and produce much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to act like Jesus, can I encourage you to hang out with him? Can I encourage you to be with him? To spend time with him? Don't give yourself all the excuses that you haven't got the time. Make it a priority. When he is priority, it's not about time, it's about priority. Make Jesus your priority. You know, I'm going to close by the challenge. I'm going to ask you, for those of you who are going to commit to this week, hopefully we're going to commit to this five weeks, but let's break it down to this week. It's going to commit to a spending at least three times this week, because I like goals, three times this week that you're going to spend reading your Bible and praying. At least three times. You may already do that every single day, and that's great. You can stand. You may never have done that, and may you might challenge yourself today that this week I'm going to spend some time in the Word. Because you know what? I think there'll be less pastoral challenges we spend time in the Word and in prayer. I think there'll be lo- less mental health issues even if you spend time in the Word and prayer, and that you imbi- abide in Jesus. I think it could revolutionize our church. I could revolutionize your family. For those of you who are up for the challenge, I'd love you to stand right now, and I'm going to pray over us. Stand that we're going to at least three times This week, I'm committing to spending some time in God's Word and some time to prayer. Stand, people standing all across this auditorium. All across this auditorium. Jesus. Lord God, you've seen our declaration. You've seen our goal for this week that we are going to to declare to you that we are going to commit to spending time with you, that we have learned today and we understand and that we believe that if we remain in you, 
then you will remain in us and through you we will do much fruit. Lord, we want to show this world who you really are. Lord, we want to show them a great expression of who you are and what you've done in this world. So Father God, as we commit to you this week, hear our hearts, Lord. Hear our prayer as we give you honor and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.